Last week, we talked about one of our values here at Heartland. We talked about the value of worship. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about our church, and we've been talking about uh, our vision for the future. We talked about our mission, and, and we, we came up with a brand spanking new mission that we introduced, and that we exist to love Jesus, to love each other, and to love our world. We've been talking about that. Uh, this whole sermon series has been Love Lives Here. Everybody got your Love Lives Here shirts and been wearing them around, but I've been running into people everywhere, people talking all over the place, uh, people telling me stories about going into places and merchants in, in, in uh, stores saying, what's going on at Heartland? Is something big going on at Heartland? Is there a special event? And here's your answer because somebody told me this is the answer they give. Is, is there something special going on at Heartland? There's something always special going on at Heartland. And just, just invite them to, to come to church. But it's great. But last week we talked, started talking about our core values. And we talked about the value of worship last week. And today we're going to talk about a, another value, something that's very important. That's, now this is really about us today. And if you're here and you're a guest, then uh, we, we, th- this is something you can take back to your church. If you go back and, and talk about it and talk about how important it is, the passage that we'll be looking at today is applicable to everybody. And so we want you to do that. And uh, also, I want to take a moment and address the people that are watching us online right now, wherever you are. Uh, if you're in a different community and you just happen to be watching online and you go to your church, you can take this to your church as well. And by the way, we thank all of our folks that are watching us. We have people all around the world that watch us each week on, on, online. And we're, we're excited about that because they're part of our Heartland family in other countries even. Isn't that great? Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. And uh, that's right. That's right. Give it up for them. That's right. Tell them today, hey, welcome. Well, welcome to Heartland. So, well, listen, here, I want to read to you our statement regarding community, uh, our value statement, and then I'm going to unpack it. Here we go. Community is, the, is a, this group of believers in Christ called Heartland Church. Our community is the participation and sharing of our lives with each other, both inside and outside the walls of a building. In this community, we love one another by caring for, encouraging, supporting, teaching, and even rebuking each other when that's needed. So when we talk about community, we're talking about our church family. Uh, as we talk about this today, we're talking about how we as a group of believers, as a family that come together, how we do life together. We value that here at Heartland. And we're saying that we value our church family as we, as we all do life together. So we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture today that I believe talks to um, the, the subject of community and speaks to that. And it helps us to see how we should be living our lives in community as a group of believers. Now we're going to go way back in this passage. This is interesting to when the, the very first Christian church was literally getting started. Uh, right, uh, right there at Pentecost, uh, right when the, the Christian church was being ushered in. And we're going to look at their example and uh, Peter uh, preached a message, and literally thousands of people that day put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, and this new church is, is born, the church that we know today. And so I want you to hear what happened in this story, because it's such a remarkable story, and then I believe that we can learn some lessons from this. Here's the passage. Let me just read it. It's in Acts. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Acts in the New Testament, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 41 through 47. So Peter's preaching this message, and, the, the, and it's recorded this way. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common." And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had needs. 
And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for this this great story of how the church got started, of of back when the church was so pure and so new. And we can see from this passage that there are things that we, as a community of believers, a local congregation of, of people that come together to worship, how we should be interacting with each other and how we should love each other and care for each other. And so, Father, speak to our hearts as we go through this, and we'll give you the glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. All righty. Well, this passage gives us a glimpse into a pure church. I mean, the church was just getting started. Uh, think about it. We've had 2,000 years to tinker with the church, right? This is a pure church. Okay, this is when it was first getting started. And, and Peter is, you know, preached this message, and, and, and we learn in this passage some things that, that happened that day. And we can take some lessons from this about how we should live in community as a church, this value that we have of community. So uh, here's what I want to, I'm going to, you know, sort of say this little statement, and then it's going to be before everything that I talk about today. Genuine community, okay, genuine community in our church, genuine community happens, okay, here's the first thing, within the body of Christ. It happens within the body of Christ. In Acts 2.41, it says, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So, so Luke is writing Acts, and he says there were all these people there that day, uh, that day when this took place, when the church got started. There were people from all over the place. There, there were people from different cultural backgrounds. There were people from different belief systems. There, some even spoke different languages they, that day. There were people that were just from all over the place. But Peter preached that day about Jesus Christ. Uh, about the, he, he presented the gospel that day and told them that how Jesus was God who came to earth in the form of a man and died on a cross, was buried in a grave, but he rose up out of the grave. And if we put our faith and our trust in him, we can be made right with God. And, and, and so, so he's preaching that day. And, and people got saved. A lot of people placed their faith and trust in Jesus that day. 3,000 people that day. And they were indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened. This is an interesting thing that took place. At the moment they became a believer, remember, we learned the word justification that we're instantly changed positionally when we invite Jesus into our lives. And, and at the moment that happened, their differences were set aside. Even though they were from different backgrounds, even though they came from different places, maybe they came from a different uh, movement, maybe they were pagan before this took place, maybe they were a Jewish person who, that, that, was, you know, and that was so different and, and they were so opposed to the people that weren't Jewish. And, but all, that day when, when Christ indwelled them, they, they all began to have things in common. They became a family that day. They became a community of believers that day. And it plays out in the following verses. So, so uh, I want you to think about what a Christian community looks like. Because what's happening here is we see this, this event taking place. The body of Christ is being formed that day. And the people, their differences were set aside. So genuine community happens within the body of Christ. But, but, but it also happens, and listen to this, community happens. We come together, we're united when God's truth is our standard. When the, when the word of God, when the God's truth is our, our standard. In, in 2.42, in the first part of that verse, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
they, have, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. So they, they set aside their differences and now they're focused on the teaching and on the word of God. These very first believers had two sources of God's word. They had the Old Testament writings and they had the apostles' teachings, the, 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 the brand new stuff. Christianity was new on the scene. And those things were the centerpiece of their new belief. The very centerpiece of everything they believe, it brought them all together. It was uniting them and, and guiding them now. And, and so our verse says they devoted themselves to it. They read it. They read what they had. They listened to the apostles. They memorized things. They would pass it on orally and, and speak these things to each other. They learned and then they put into practice the things that they were learning. You see, their whole identity was wrapped up in the word of God. It was all wrapped up in what God had to say in the Old Testament and in this new stuff that was being preached by the apostles. People knew who they were by their commitment to those teachings. When people would look at these people, it was called the way back then. They would just call Christians, they would say part of the way. And, they, they, and, and so they, they were part of the way and people knew because they were obeying and they were following these teachings that they were part of a family, that they were all combined and united together. And, and, and their devotion to the teachings define them as a community. Listen, here at Heartland, here's a takeaway. Here at Heartland, God's truth is central to our identity as a family and as in a community of believers. It's the centerpiece of all we believe. It drives our vision and our mission and our values. God's word is the very centerpiece of everything we do. And when truth is our standards, and if you will embrace truth, and I will embrace truth, and we'll put our faith and our trust in Jesus, and we'll follow the teachings that God has given us in his word, if we'll do that, we will grow and mature as a family. We, we can't grow beyond what we, don't, what we know, right? We, we, we can't grow beyond what we know or don't know. And, and so we've got to know the word of God so that we can grow. And when we all live by God's word, we all have that in common and it brings us together and it unites us just like it did those believers 2,000 years ago or a little over 2,000 years ago. So genuine community happens when, when, when that takes place, when God's truth is our standard. Genuine community takes place. Another thing that we can see is that it, genuine community happens when we devote ourselves to fellowship. When, when we devote ourselves to fellowship. When we read this, as Luke's writing, he says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. But then he says, and the fellowship. He says the fellowship. The basic meaning of the word fellowship is partnering or sharing. So they devoted themselves to that. You see, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we become partners with Christ and all other believers. We all become part of a the, of a family together. And the partnership is forever because of our shared eternal life. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we get to go to heaven one day. So this, this fellowship that we have with each other is, is forever and forever. God designed us and our faith to be lived in fellowship with other believers. We're, we're designed to live in fellowship and in harmony uh, and to be united with other believers in Christ and followers of Jesus Christ. And the best expression of that is found in the local church. The best way we can express that is when we come together, when Heartland Church and other churches in our community or wherever you, you live and where you go to church, when, when we come together, that is an expression of the community. That is an expression of the fellowship that is being spoken about here. So, so if God has you here at Heartland, and, and if you come regularly, God's got you, you here, you are called to live in fellowship with the other people that are here. Yeah. 
You're called to live in fellowship. You're called to partner with the people in the church where God has placed you. And uh, uh, there's a quick glimpse at what that looks like. And now this isn't, this isn't exhaustive, but I'm going to go through a couple passages. In John 15, 12, we read these words. This is my commandment. Jesus, that you love one another as I've loved you. So one of the ways that we partner in, that we come together in fellowship, is that we love each other. We genuinely love each other with a brotherly love, with a, with a Christian love. Galatians 6.2 says that we bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Another thing we do is we carry one another's burdens. We're there for people. We pray for people. We help other people, other believers in our church family. We reach out and we try to help them when they're in need and when they're going through something difficult. And then in Ephesians 4.32, we read, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We're kind to each other and forgiving. We shouldn't be fussing and fighting in the church. We should be kind and we should be forgiving. And we should be praying for, for each other. And we also encourage each other. You see, when we do those things, you know, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, 5.11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So we encourage each other. When we do these things, fellowship happens. You know, we're a family, and we should be loving each other and caring for each other, taking care of each other, watching out for each other. We should be proud, even though some of us, you know, our church is a pretty good-sized church, so sometimes we don't, we don't, may not know other people. But, but if they're part of our family, we should be praying for the entire family when we pray, and we should be out and, and here. You know what you ought to do? You ought to try to get to know other people. You know, one of the things you should do is when you come in, I know that you might know a few people, maybe you know a larger group of people. Try to shake hands with somebody that you don't know. If they're coming, you see them here all the time, guess what? They're part of your family. They're part of the family of God, so try to get to know them. And, and, and walk around and shake hands. And, and uh, you know, if you see me, you know, and when Nancy's not up on stage singing, you see the two of us. And, and, and it's not just because I'm the pastor. You know, I'm walking around and because so many of you, the only time I get to see you is on Sunday. And, and sometimes I don't know, really know you very well, don't know your name or whatever like that. So I, we're just walking all over the place in here saying hi, shaking hands. You ought to be doing the same thing, right? Coronavirus isn't here yet. You can do it. It's cool. So, so, so you, you can do that. Go around, shake hands, pat people on the back, give them a hug, ask them what they do. Get to know your church family and encourage each other. Another thing that, uh, a way that um, we know we're, we're living community is when um, genuine community happens when we break bread and we pray. Uh, in Acts 2, 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, I believe the breaking of bread here is referring to taking the Lord's Supper. We did that last week. We're not going to do it today. We did it last week. And we take the Lord's Supper here. We don't have a schedule that we take it. Some people ask me those questions sometimes. We don't have a particular schedule that we're on. We, we try to take it. We look. Sometimes we take it close together. Sometimes it's a little further apart. Nothing in God's Word says when you have to take it or you're supposed to take it. So we look for sermons that lend itself, lend its, itself well to that. And we take the Lord's Supper. Last week, we took the Lord's Supper together. And the Lord's Supper acknowledges the, the incredible work that Jesus did on the cross, the unbelievable work that he did on the cross. And when we take the Lord's Supper, it brings us together as one family, as, as we celebrate together and we recognize together that we belong to God's family when we take the Lord's Supper, that we're brothers and that we're sisters in Christ. It, it, it teaches us that. And in addition to breaking of bread, we're supposed to devote ourselves to prayer. 
And, and that's, that's something else that it said. Prayer demonstrates our trust in God and our dependence on God. So as a group of believers and as a family, we need to be praying for each other. We, we need to be, really, really need to be doing that. And, and, and I know that we need to devote time, and sometimes that can be hard. But, um, you know, there's, we have the Bible app that we tell you about that some of you are using right now to, to read and take notes and follow along with. And, and uh, I believe there's, they're, they're working on a, a module for that right now, I think, if they don't already have it, about prayer. And, uh, and you know, this week I went out and I just, I, just got, I just went and went on the app store on my phone and I started looking for prayer apps. I don't use a prayer app, but I started looking for apps to help me organize my prayers. Even can set reminders so it be in the day and I pick up my phone and it says pray for this and, uh, and I don't know about you but I'm busy and got a lot of stuff going on and uh, so, so like if you're, if you're carrying around a phone with you you can get a cool prayer app to help you log your prayers and remind you when to pray and what to pray for and all that kind of stuff and we ought to if that's what it takes then do it okay if you want to write them down that's fine but pray we need to be a people of prayer and uh, that, that defines us as a community. And when you're praying for me and I'm praying for you, we're all praying for each other and we're praying for what, man, that's, that's an incredible thing. Prayer is powerful. I believe in prayer. I've seen prayer be answered. Have you ever seen some prayers be answered? I mean, man, I've seen prayers being answered. That's right. That's exactly right. I've seen them be answered. And I'm telling you, every week when we take these prayer requests down from the cross and we go into our staff meeting, it is amazing over the years how we've prayed for some things for two or three, four, five years. And all of a sudden, one day we get that piece of paper that says, it's been answered. You know, God doesn't always do it when we want him to do it. He doesn't always do it exactly the way we think it ought to be. We've got it all figured out. You ever told God how to answer a prayer? Yeah, all the time, right? And, you know, and, but, but God's got it all figured out. And, and you know what? If we'll just trust him and we'll pray, he answers prayer. That's a big part of what makes us a community, praying for each other. And, and listen, I know that we, we need to set aside time for ourselves so that we pray and we talk to God every day. Set aside some time every day where we do a devotion, where we get into the Word, we read the Word of God. We ought to all be doing that. That's part of our natural, uh, you know, part of natural growth and, and being a Christian, what we need to do to grow and all that. But let me just go ahead and just tell you something else that you need to do. If you haven't done this, you need to do it. You need to get in a heart group. Okay, I'm just going to tell you if, if you, if you're not in a group, you're missing out. You need to get in a group, a group of people that you can get to know, uh, uh, you know, more closely and you can learn about their life and they can learn about your life and, and you can bring your prayer requests and they can pray for you. And, and I could just, I could tell you story after story after story of people, some people that had never been in a group before and they finally stepped out and they said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm, I'm going to give one of these heart groups a shot. And I'm going to tell you, I've had so many people come to me and say, I cannot believe I've been missing this my entire Christian life. I cannot believe this. There's a reason that the Bible says they met in the temple courts and from house to house. There's a reason. And when you get together with those people, it changes everything and it brings us together as community. And so we want you to do that, to, to get involved in a, in a small group, in a heart group. Um, and I, we, we changed the name, you know, Connection Groups years ago. Now we've changed it back to Heart Group. That was a, the original name. I just love that name, Heart. You know, I actually came up with that name in Eloise. I was driving down the street in Eloise thinking about what to call our, heart, our groups one day. And I'm not kidding you. This just came to my mind. Heart. And here's what, helping everyone apply real truth. That's what it's about. Get in those groups. You can start applying and learning about real truth. It's a critical element of our community. Genuine community also happens when we express generosity towards each other. In verses 44 and 45, it says, And all who believe were together, and they had all things in common. 
and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had needs. Now, community doesn't just happen in a spiritual sense. Yes, it does in a spiritual sense. But it also plays out in practical ways. You know, when you're living for Jesus and the spiritual aspect of your life is right, it, it doesn't just stay there. It, it's, it's acted upon and, and it becomes an action and it's acted out in practical ways. And when genuine community is happening, we help each other out. That's what we do, we help each other out. In the early church, if someone in the church had a need, a legitimate need, people would come to their aid. And sometimes people would literally sell stuff. If they needed to sell stuff, if they had an abundance and they said, I, don't, I can live without that, and somebody had a legitimate need, they loved each other so much, they'd sell that thing they had to help the person with a legitimate need. That's incredible to say that. This is not saying, and I'm not up here trying to advocate that you go out and sell everything that you have and give it to everybody else. No, that's not what this is about. However, I believe this. I believe we should be willing, you and me, we should be willing to practice extreme generosity when there is a legitimate need in our church family. I believe you need to do something. You know, you know I, I mean, I'm gonna give you just some crazy examples. But you know, you've had your washing machine and dryer for 10 years, you need a new one. I mean, it's, it's working, but you know that you need to do it. Someone doesn't have one at all, and they need one. You know what? Give them your 10-year-old washer and dryer and go buy you a new one. There's, extreme, there's some extreme generosity there. I mean, you're doing something like that. And, and, you know, instead of going and buying that new toy, say, what can I do? I can give this to Jesus, and I can help out. You know, you know and I'm just going to, since I'm talking about giving and being generous, I'm just going to say one thing. You know, and when you give to the church, we use funds to be generous. We, 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 we support all kinds of ministries. We help all kinds of people. And we do all those kind of things. And we need you to give, and we need you to support the church. We need you to be generous to each other and generous to your church. So, because we know people that, need, that have the needs. Sometimes people don't want other people to know they have the needs, and so we, we help them out. And it's important. And, and you know what? If everybody in church, if everybody in, in, just in this church, if everybody in church did what God's Word says about paying their tithes, if everybody did that, this church alone could probably help most of Winter Haven. Yeah. We, we could probably take over and just help the whole community if we did that. But about 20% of the people do about 100% you know, do about 100 of, of you know, 80 of all the receipts and stuff that we get to do what we do. And, and, you know, and this isn't, listen, don't be, don't be jaded by what you see on TV. Don't be jaded by these people that are, have these preachers and all these people that's got 14 jets and two Rolls Royces and all that. This place isn't about all that. You can come to my house anytime. I live in a modest, regular old home and all that. We don't drive big old fancy cars and all that kind of stuff. We, there's been years and years and years where everybody on this staff did not get one penny for years in a raise. We, we, we've poured it back into ministry, what we receive, because here's the deal. It's about the kingdom. It's not about us. We're not in this for the money. If you think we're in for the money, then go to another church because you got a bad attitude because we're not in it for the money. We're in it for the kingdom of God. So we need you to step up to the pump and do your part and give and to be generous to each other and to your church so we can advance the kingdom and do what God said to do and how the early church demonstrated that we need to do it. And if you want to give me a jet, go ahead. Okay, uh, just saying. Um, 
No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I don't, I, we don't want it. Um, but, but, but it's a sign of real community when we're generous. Another thing that happens, genuine community happens when we worship together. We talked about this last week in detail about worship. It's a value. If you missed it, go to heartchurch.org, check it out. But, but when we worship together, uh, genuine community happens. When we do what we're doing today, when we come together and we sing and we pray and we hear the word of God proclaimed, I mean, you know, we're, that, that's community happens. It brings us together. It says in verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. And uh, so, so, you know, check out that message from last week. But I do want you to notice the importance of attending big church and small groups again. Here it is. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together. Now, they, you know, they call it temple together. So, church, big church, day by day, and there was about 3,000 of them. Guess how many people are on our database? We've cleaned our database up over the years. And for, from over the years, we've eliminated a lot of names. We, we've been very, you know, very um, restrictive on who's in the database and all that. We want to get a real accurate picture of who attends uh, church here at Heartland. We have about 3,200 people that call church Heartland home. 3,200 people. Okay, so here, here, why am I telling you that? Does that matter? That eh, doesn't matter really all that much. We got 3,200 people to come, but here's the deal. 3,000 people in the first church, we got about 3,000 people too. All right, so that's pretty cool. We, can do, we ought to be able to do just what they were doing. Okay, and we're a lot more sophisticated than those people were back then, right? I mean, those were, you know, they were goat, goat herders, sheep, you know, whatever, shepherds and, you know, farmers and, just, you know, just, and, 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 and crude uh, farmers. I mean, it was a long time ago, a couple thousand years ago. But when they came together and they worshiped, and you know how they worshiped? They worshiped at the temple. They'd come to the temple and worship, and then they would go house to house and they would worship. That's a heart group. Remember I talked about that a moment ago? That's what the, that's what the model of the church is. Big temple, house to house. Big church, small groups. Okay, so we want you to do that. And so, so let's look again at, okay, what does it biblical community look like? Well, genuine community happens when God's truth is our standard. When we stand on the word of God, we all live our lives by the same truth. And that is God's inerrant, infallible, inspired word. When we live by the word of God, all of us together, it brings us together in unity. When we are devoted to fellowship, you know, when, when, when we have that fellowship together, when we love each other and care for each other and, and, and watch out for each other and all those kind of things, and um, when we break bread together and pray together, we, we, that creates unity and community. When we take the Lord's Supper together, when we come together and when we pray every week, when we pray, uh, when we come up here and do our directed prayer time and when we pray with you individually at the end of the service, when people go out to pray with our pray team, prayer team and all that. And, and then also it happens when we express generosity towards each other, when we're generous. When, when we're willing to, to maybe even sacrifice a little bit to help somebody who's, in, who's having a legitimate need. And uh, when, we're, when we do the things that we're supposed to with our time, talents, resources, and all of that, we express generosity. Community happens when we do that. And when we worship together, when we come together. Now, I want you to look at the results of all of this. Uh, look at what happens in verse 43. It says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And then verse 47, it says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. God did an amazing work among the people because community was happening. And more and more people were coming to know Jesus because community was happening. Those things were happening because of all the things that we talked about. Let me, let me, just, let me just tell you something. People are dying for community. People are looking for community. 
And, and we need to be a community. If we're going to say that we exist to love Jesus, to love each other, and to love our world, if we're going to wear shirts that says love lives here, it better. Okay, it better. Okay, so, so um, and you need to think about that. You know, when you got those shirts, I'm happy that you got them. You go out in the community and wear them everywhere so that people ask you questions about them. But if you've got that shirt on, you better behave. Okay, because if I hear you're not behaving, it's going to be embarrassing when I walk up to you in Walmart and say, take that shirt off, here's another one. Okay, so, so, so you, because we want you to, if you're going to, if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to live the, say we live the mission, then we got to live the mission, Right? We got to be a place that lovers, and we got to be a place where community happens. Everybody wants community. Why do you think that there's lots of business? I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on a business, but I'm just going to tell you something. You think about Inwood Coffee here in town. You think about Starbucks here in town. You think about Richard's Coffee here in town. These coffee shops. Why do people gravitate to coffee shops? You can brew that stuff at home for a fraction of the cost, right? You can do that. You can get any flavor you want. You can get a little machine and make your own frappuccino or whatever it is. You can do that stuff. Why do people frequent those places? They want community. They go there and they hang out and they sit down and they talk to people and all that. They want community. But you know, that's great and wonderful. And there's nothing wrong with going and having the community. But, but let me just tell you something. It's a, it's a much better deal to come to church and have community where we are honoring our king and advancing the kingdom. I mean, I mean we, want, we want community to happen here at, at, at Heartland. Remember what community is. Community is this group of believers in Christ called Heartland Church. Our community is the participation and the sharing of our lives with each other, both inside and outside the walls of a building. In this community, we love one another by caring for, encouraging, supporting, by teaching and rebuking. At Heartland, we value community. We want to see community happen. We, we want to see you guys loving each other. We, we, want to, we want to see you guys being generous to each other. We want to be generous. We want you to be generous. We want to see us encouraging each other when we're down. We want to see us praying for each other. Why? Because we are a family. Because this isn't, you know, we're part of the body of Christ. We're part of this big universal family. But God, if, you're, if you attend this place, you're not here by accident. God has divinely appointed for you to be here. And he's put you in this family. And we need you. We need your time. We need your talents. We need your resources. We need your personality. We need your passions. We, we need um, your experiences in life. We need all those things. We need you to bring them together with all the other people that are different and unique. And all of us together because together we can do great things for the kingdom and together we can be a family and we can be there for each other so so I'm looking out at my family today this and, and it's great some of you are good looking some of you aren't you know it's, it's just it's amazing and no I'm just teasing you're all y'all look great I can't see anything right now the lights are in my eyes but anyway um, no, seriously you're, you're our family and, and there's a whole nother group of people that are gonna come in when you guys leave in just a few moments and they're your family too we, this place called Heartland is where God has put you and this is your family. This is your community. So let's value community and let's do the things that we learn today. Father, we thank you so much, God, for community. We thank you, God, that we have a place to come. God, where, where 
people love us and where we love them. We thank you that we have a place to come that can teach your word so that we're centered around that. And where we, we thank you for a place to come where we can go to a heart group, God, where we can get, get even deeper into your word and we can grow closer to a, a smaller group of people and just get to know them better. We thank you that we've got a place that we can come where we can give of our resources, God, so that those resources can be used to advance the kingdom. We thank you, God, that we have a place that we can come that love lives at. God, we thank you for that. So God, help us to be the kind of people that bring you glory through the way we demonstrate community. If you're here today and you say, you know, I've been longing for community. Maybe you're here today and say, man, I, I, I need community. I, I, I'm, I, I just kind of feel alone and I'm, I've been struggling. And, and, and well, you know what? We're glad that you're here today. And, and, and more than anything, I mean, we're happy that you're here to be part of the group. But, but more than anything, we would love for you to be part of our family. But you see, a church is comprised of a body of baptized believers. So you have to have a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you never had that relationship. The Bible tells us that if we'll confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, if we'll believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So I'd invite you today to make a profession of faith, to pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Matter of fact, everybody close your eyes right now and, and, and just don't, don't move around too much. Don't get up if you don't have to. And, and just just right now pray for people that are trying to make a decision and if you're here you pray with me right now if you don't have a relationship with Christ and you genuinely and sincerely from your heart desire it because there's nothing magic about a prayer but if you desire it you pray with me right now say Jesus I'm a sinner God I desire a relationship with you Father I want to live in community with other people that that share uh, belief in you and they've put their faith and trust in you and so God right now I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins I'm asking you to cleanse me of my unrighteousness and to make me part of your family. And the best way I know how, right now I commit my life to serving you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And if you made that decision, in a moment we're gonna stand up, we're gonna sing. And as we're singing, I would invite you then to get up and walk to the back. We have people with lanyards on, our prayer team, and they will be there to answer your questions, to talk to you. And, And at the very least, take one of those cards in the seat back in front of you and fill it out. Even if you've done one already, fill it out and check the little circle or box that says, hey, I'm committing my life to Christ so that we know that you've done that and we can help you in your new journey. Maybe you want to come to one of the crosses and put a prayer request up on the cross. Maybe you want to come and just kneel down and pray. I don't know what you need to do. But it's okay. You do whatever you need to do because we're all family. Stand with us.